when I was on an airplane headed to Orlando, I was speaking with a cast member at Walt Disney World, and it was a great conversation. She ended the conversation, though, by saying, Yeah, sure, they call it the happiest place on Earth, but chances are when you look around, there are going to be a lot more children there crying than you're going to see with smiles. That stayed with me. We're going there today. Gorsh. It's Walt Disney World time. And a whole lot more. <laughs> Get ready for the demons. It's an intellectually escapist adventure. Here on Open Loops. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alrighty, this is Danny Lecce. Is that how you say it? Lech or Lecce? Lecce. Rhymes with stretchy. Rhymes, rhymes with stretchy. This is Danny, a great friend of mine, a fellow performer in, uh, well, Murder Mystery Entertainment. It's wonderful to have you here. Wonderful to be here. You are, now look, you tell me you're nervous for this entire thing. You have no idea what's going to happen. Correct. <laughs> What? What's the worst thing you think could happen in this conversation? No, I mean, I don't think that the computer is going to explode. You just, you never know in a, in a convo with Greg Bornstein, what's, what's going to happen. Can I bring you the tears? Is this, you know, we've been talking for years about how we're both going to cry together sometime. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this could be that moment. Like I've been waiting to get you in a, I've been waiting to record you breaking down. I'm like, I can't just, we can't just be out in a bar and cry. I need to capture this and keep it so that people can listen to it for years to come. <laughs> um, yes. No, look, here, here's the deal. Danny, I, I definitely thought I could have an interesting conversation. I'll tell you why. And it started It started the first time I worked with you uh, because you, I think I saw, what, what would I have seen when I encountered your car? Because what happens is we we take these cars. Uh, someone is a driver. You're, you live in New Jersey. So you have a, we won't tell people where though. Tell them where she, <laughs> uh, but you know, you, you take these cars from New Jersey, you go somewhere and you start, the first thing you notice is like, what does their car look like? And did you have, like a Walt Disney World logo on there? Is that how I knew about your connection to Disney or what What was it? It must have been, yeah, because I had, it was my, my old car and I had a little like a uh, cast member sticker. Oh, that. yes, that must have been it. That so, must have been it. It's gone. I don't have that anymore. Really? Yeah. What do you, I mean, do you, I saw something, I just got that, did you just get that email from Actors' Equity about like begging Disney to test people before they reopen again? 
I just saw that. No, I don't get, I'm not on Equity's email list. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, look, I'm not an actor in Equity, but I did sign that petition, keep pay going for oh, in New York for actors okay. like the extra 600 bucks. There's uh, a whole yeah. petition. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, the thing that interests me is, and, and we did get into, delved into that, is your experience being a cast member at this theme park that, uh, you know, we both love so much. I mean, it's one thing when you're, you know, when you're a kid and you go to Disney and people make fun of the classic things you hear like, oh, how lame it would be to be one of those people that's stuck in a suit all day. Mickey Mouse people sweating. It's hard mechanically around. Uh, yes, the kids love you, but you know, you've seen those clips on kids getting kicked or it, not kids getting kicked. No, actually, maybe there is a video. Of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Of kids kicking Mickey Mouse. And you, though, you love it. Did you go into, when you became a cast member, uh, tell me this, how did you initially like even decide to do that? And did you know that you were going to be signing up to like be in these creatures? And why, why does that like, why, why is that to you an enjoyable experience? <laughs> um, this is tricky because there's, there's a lot of red tape around what we said. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. You have non-disclosure stuff. That makes sense. That makes sense. Obviously a lot has circulated and been out and everybody essentially knows it. But just to answer your question, I knew I wanted to work for Disney, but I only wanted to be a performer. And I don't know. I didn't have the same friend saying how lame it was. I was like, that is the only job for me. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. So wow. I did it as the college program, which you get into the program first. And then if you're going to be in entertainment, you have to audition alongside anyone else auditioning. It's not like a separate thing for college program. It's, it's all one audition. So if you get into the program and then you audition at the point that you would have heard back from an audition, you already would have a You would have had to already accept your role in the college. Program. So it wasn't like I could wait and see, I had to say, yes, I'll, I'll join. And I think I was like parade ops or parking or something that I right. definitely did not want to do. Um, and then sort of had to hope for the best that the audition would come through. And I had said from the beginning, like, you know, I don't want to have issues and like be blacklisted from Disney, but I'm only going if entertainment. <laughs> right. And did entertainment, entertainment to you meant being someone like giving autographs to kids yeah. <laughs> in a costume. Did you, did you love those guys as growing up? Like where did you get, did you have one of those autograph books? Do you have them? Um, Still in my room, yeah. The, my original one, because I would always forget on a vacation to bring my old one and have to start a new one. Yeah, I loved it. Oh my gosh. Do you have any particular uh, special memories when you were a kid of any of those performers like going out of the way to give you like that unique magical experience? Um, hmm. I mean, I remember certain things like there were, there were a couple years though there where my family and I went every year. And so I know there were like... Daisy, I was really hard pressed to find. So right, right, right. There was that sort of thing that it was just like got to catch them all. But yeah. Do you, Do you think you did? I mean, did you oh. every time manage to do it? Like, did you press your parents? I have to get every single one of these guys. <laughs> In a way, they were they were harder to find. And back then, it was like now you go on your app, you see where everyone is, and sort of who can get. And then it's just a matter of waiting online or not. But then it was like. I don't know, maybe it was more organized and I just didn't know, but it was like, you just have to 
hope to see them in the wild. So you're absolutely right. That's my memory of Disney like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There was no way you could get them all unless you, yeah, it really was more of that's so interesting. And you've talked Flash Mountain and see from afar that Pluto is someplace and be like, all right, clocked it. We've got to (laughs) go. Oh my gosh, did you ever have to get out? Were you ever waiting in line and your parents were like, Danny, we're almost there. We can't leave now. Like any did that ever come up? I commit. If I'm on a line, I will stay on the line. But the good thing is, uh, like going to Disney, is my mom, my dad, and me. I'm an only child. So my dad and I would do the rides and my mom mom would wait in line, which sounds makes me sound like a monster. And like, (laughs) right, right. How could they possibly have? But my, yeah, my mom would go wait on the lines. So it was, we had a good system. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, you talked to me a lot about recently some of the technological things that Disney, I don't, did you say that they have now really, uh, were they going to put this in or did they actually get, are, are they functioning at that technological level now where you can know absolutely every single thing almost like you know, what people are talking about with this digital uh id that we're gonna supposedly have with uh corona testing like disney's been doing it they've been doing it for years they know where you are in the park they they can you can tell which rides are going to be available like there yeah. is a way what is what is some of the are you allowed to talk about any of this technology i'm, I'm really not the expert like i just enjoy it and i don't I don't really have my finger on the pulse of all things like so many diehard fans do. Um, but even in the time, like when's the last time you were there? Oh man, I haven't been there probably since 2010, I think. Okay. Which is still crazy. I mean, it's 10 years ago. Star Wars wasn't even a, you know, that wasn't, I don't know if they had acquired all the rights yet. Oh, I don't think so. And just, yeah, the, the speed at which technology sort of like changes everything there and just anything like new rides, new areas, new attractions. But I was working there in 2013. Yeah, 2013. And at that point, they already had rolled out these magic bands, which it's like a little wristband, and everything is on there. So you go online or you go on your phone ahead of time. And you, they didn't have all of these capabilities when I started. But at this point, it's caught up that like your rides, you're no longer going and printing out a fast pass. That's all on your magic band. And when you go up, you scan your magic band. They know you're there at the right time. And you go in. Um, you can pay for food and merchandise it's your room key if you're staying at a resort in disney it's like you don't need to walk in I, it also eliminates needing to walk in with bags which is obviously a safety hazard now yeah 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 so, in a way were they predicting that there was going to be a global did disney release the virus is that what you're trying to tell me right now i mean okay. listen disney plus came out right at the same time as all of this <laughs> and we doing but sitting around and then as things got worse and worse and worse all of a sudden they're like listen guys we're gonna release hamilton to disney plus so I that's don't know. it is a little weird i think lin-manuel might be behind if i'm <laughs> understanding what you're saying um no no look danny danny i don't believe that is a big conspiracy by the walt disney uh-huh. corporation um yeah, but I there, that because there are crazies out there who believe those is stories. that true are there some people out there right now that think disney's directly related to what well you know what i did see at the beginning of this that bob Iger stepped down <laughs> and the conspiracy theorists were like oh my gosh bill gates stepped down from microsoft right as this pandemic hit bob Iger, like a month before stepped down uh they're behind it these big wigs are orchestrating this i mean are people saying that in the first of all Tell me about the community. Are you in like a Facebook group 
with these wackos, some of these like wacko conspiracy people? Like, what's it's, the deal? People know. I don't, I'm, I'm, it's good and bad the bubble that I'm in because I like only see normal or relatively normal for, you know, my interests. <laughs> but, yeah. How do these people keep in touch? Is there like a cast Facebook group or like yeah, a social there, network? There are a couple, there are a couple Disney groups and Disney things that I follow on Instagram. And again, not religiously, like if I see something, but I'm not checking in on it all the time. But I guess there's like a, a Disney alumni page that occasionally something will pop up or even like I stayed on the Facebook groups that existed to like trade shifts if you needed. So right, right. I would sense kind of things like that or people that still work there that I just see their their regular posts on a group. But entertainment was different because you're you were working someplace different every single time you were there. So hmm. my friend was there and he was working at um, the artist formerly known as Splash Mountain, soon to be yes. tried. Very happy about that change. Okay. I think it's going to be a great... I, I also, I mean, I think Princess and the Frog is an awesome film too. And I'm yeah. glad that they are doing something about that. Um, so yeah, so he's working at Splash Mountain. Right, so he was there and he got very close with people because he had a very set schedule, knew what he was doing, where he was going, knew the immediate hierarchy, his manager, who were his coworkers. And it was the same spot more or less every day. I think maybe he would occasionally like rotate and go to Thunder Mountain or something, but more or less, he saw the same people every day. Um, whereas entertainment, like one day you might be in the morning, Mike Wazowski in Hollywood Studios, and the next day you're Winnie the Pooh in a restaurant. Like right. the same people, it wasn't, you were constantly with somebody else. So it was harder to sort of form that group of like, oh, we're all experiencing this together because you were experiencing it with somebody different. Now you were, you, you mentioned Mike Wazowski. You've told me before that that was... Uh, is it was that the favorite character you ever played there? Yeah. Yeah. What was it that you liked about being that role? That like, did the kids react to you differently? Like, what what was it about it specifically? Well, I mean, honestly, like, it was a plastic bubble. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you weren't getting hugs. It was just straight. I guess like the how weird it was, and I was gonna I, say I, that is a weird character. Like, <laughs> this is the guy with Billy Crystal's voice. Who's, yeah. who's, you know, and already I can imagine kids watching that movie, like not really knowing <laughs> Billy Crystal's work, not knowing like the extent of it. As adults, we kind of watch it and we're like, oh, this is, we know who this guy is. He's playing right. this really New York, like kind of sensitivity. So it does make me wonder what is like with Mickey, there's just kind of love. Kids kind of come up, they want to hug Mickey. They want to know it. Um, these other princesses, Moana, you know, the kids... Yeah, they know exactly what to do. But when they see Mike, what exactly, like, what is a child's relationship to this character? Well, so Mike would, would meet with Sully, and Sully was a giant, like, well, kitty. Like, um, right. So very fluffy and cuddly, and the kids would, like, go right up to him. But Mike, a couple kids would just run full force and bounce off the plastic. Like, <laughs> what? They're really going to plant yourself there like a linebacker. Uh, um, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah it, it was it was weird like I knew the costume was weird I knew it was funny looking which I got a kick out of and then like I said for the most part not knowing where you're going with with that particular area and and Mike and all the monsters stuff like there it was a quote-unquote hard fit costume because like a backpack oh well. um <laughs> uh oh okay okay I forgot where we were um but <laughs> it's fine I just, <laughs> I just 
I, I, I was there a lot. I ended up, once I got like approved there, I was there all the time. So I did start to know the same people and see the people become friends with them. Like even the attendants who were there to help, that just sort of became like, home away from Are you allowed, I wanna know something right now. I'm very interested in this. Uh, are you allowed to even talk about the kind of, are you even allowed to talk about the fact that you're not supposed to be saying certain things? Like, what is your relationship to the secrets right now? What is going on? Like, what can't you tell me? <laughs> it's so hard now with social media, with like everything constantly going around and, and I see other people's posts and the, the kind of thing you always see is somebody who's like a princess will post a picture of themselves and say like, all comments must be directed to Tiana or, or something like that. But you can't be like, oh my God, you look so beautiful. It's, oh, Tiana looks so beautiful. But it's mm. very clear what's going on. Um, and, and so many blogs have come out about people's experiences. And even when I was auditioning and getting ready, like I could find blogs about, and, and YouTube videos about people's experience auditioning and their experience actually being there. So really it's like, it would be a crazy coincidence if I was found and, and in trouble for this. Like, <laughs> right, right. You know, the fact that I'm not getting anything out of it. It's the same with the Princess Party Company. Like, as long as you're not making them look bad, as long as you're not slandering them or, like, looking for money or, or anything, like, from them or taking something from Disney itself, I think there's a lot you can get away with. Yeah. Is there anybody that you know who has ever, like, is there some that you were close with through that program that, like... Order. <laughs> yeah, did something go down? Like, what, what's the darkest path that someone's gone down for saying something that they weren't allowed to say? really don't know. Nothing that I've heard of, which either means they did very a very good job of <laughs> shutting them up or uh, yeah. <laughs> we just are all a bunch of good listeners. I don't know. It's so interesting. Yeah, you know, Disney just seems to have a um very mm, it it is like another government. It's yeah. like another world. It's another country. Um and I I have to say in regards to the conspiracy stuff I mean, I just don't see there. There's no way to me that Disney would have caused any of this because they would not want their park to close down. Oh God, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been and I loved seeing what Disney was doing at the beginning of the pandemic with putting out their fireworks show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd never seen that new one where they were uh, where they project all the stuff onto the castle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was beautiful. That's called something ever after. When did that start? Did anything like that start when you were there or is that relatively new? It was right after I left because a good friend of mine from college did a lot of the um, lighting work. 20. They have some recent stuff in there. Like, I'm sure they can update it, but there is like, it's clearly like right up to the last films that have come out. Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of all of this quarantine, I finally put together the shadow box I had been meaning to do of like my little trinkets that I collected from when I was there. And um, like the, you'd get, you could get cards from guests if you like gave a very special experience or something. More often than not, it was like the, the families of Magish kids that would take yeah. the time to write something. Um, so I have a few of those that I, I put up and then I was collecting, like every time I would get a new character that I was, I would try and collect a little charm and have a charm bracelet of it. So Outside of Disney, you look crazy if you're walking around with a charm bracelet. Right, right. Disney character. So I was putting that in my little shadow box, and I had a couple of things, like little pins and stuff. And so I came across in the box that I had been keeping all of this stuff, an accident report that I had to fill out one. Whoa. Um, Oh, let's hear this. This is great. 
Google, I told you this. And let me just, as we're talking, I'm just pointing out because I know I sent it to Google, so I can find, yes, here, I can find it quickly. So, so <laughs> quick sidebar on the preface to this. Uh, I was relatively new. I started in the end of August. And so, because there are so many people who are going for holidays, for Halloween is really big there, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, there's all, all sorts of stuff going on. And this is 2013, <laughs> August 2013? Yeah. Okay. So I started the very end of August, like the day I got there, I went into the parks and it was, everything was set up normal. The very next day I had to go in for like the, the orientation basically. And the entire park was set up for Halloween and they just like did it. Wow. Over. I mean, tons of stuff everywhere. The lampposts were covered, everything. So they start their Halloween parties in late August, early September, and then they go through November 1st or, or 2nd. And then immediately it changes overnight to Christmas. So in these parties, it's like a couple hours after the park closes um it's a special ticketed event special characters come out or they're like wearing special little halloween outfits um but the big one because there are people you were asking before about like you know trying to collect all these characters autographs yeah who go nuts for it and so the big deal was the seven dwarfs snow white and the seven dwarfs were all meeting and like they hadn't before and there we knew there was going to be a big line this was like one of right. the parties it was a really it was like to think back on it, it's so ridiculous to be like, oh man, people are going crazy. The dwarves are here. <laughs> yeah. But they really were. And so I was friends with Sneezy that day. And um, <laughs> and I, I have this report, but this is, again, just, just my preface so that this makes more sense to you. So we, we knew when we got to our location to like, you know, get ready before marching out to set for everyone to take their pictures, we were told like, there is already a line of people and it's about an hour and a half long. Um, no animated, like you can't do anything. You, we got to just get through this line. So try not to jump around too much so people can come in, picture and go like no autographs. There are seven of you, eight with Snow White, like keep it moving. Let Snow White do the talking, wave, take the picture and go. So, <laughs> so let me read my ad report. Please. Statement of witness subject. All right. So, the, oh, no, okay. Oh, this was October. So October 5th, 4 p.m. All right. While being friends with Sneezy at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party on October 4th, my pants fell down on set. I had worn this costume for four 30-minute sets prior to this happening and never had an issue. I did not change a thing on the costume before going out that last time. While walking to our location, I could feel that something felt different. But could not pinpoint it. Regardless, I did try to animate less out of fear that something was amiss. However, despite my best efforts about 10 to 15 minutes before we should have gone in, I felt a breeze around my knees and found my pants around my ankles. There did not seem to be any commotion, so I figured that in the dark, in the back row, it was barely noticeable. I grabbed the pants with what little I could use of my four-fingered glove hand I had, but couldn't hoist it back up over the ring. With one hand, as the other was holding my pants partially up, I tried frantically to distress signal. Finally, an attendant came up to me to pull me out. I could not see nor hear if comments were made by guests. I know that on my way off set, part of the pad had to be visible. In the hall, just off set where I tried to resituate, I still had difficulty. Granted, my hands were shaking with fear, shock, embarrassment, and laughter. The other six dwarves left set by this point, so we did not return to finish. But there was not much time left anyway. Sign, Danielle E. Lecce. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you? I cannot believe that you would <laughs> You would stay at this job after being go, going through. I thought for sure I was going to be gone. And again, at the orientation, they drill into you. Like, 
how important everything and I totally get it I don't think they're wrong or crazy for this like character integrity is huge and you need yeah. to, needs to be perfect and I love that about Disney and everything is perfect but yeah I this happened and and so I say in there like you could see the pads so there's a padding and then the pants go up over that that were supposed to be velcroed but they must have got lint or something in it so it it did fall down wow but I <laughs> was so embarrassed and so afraid but eat like the attendant the one who was working with us she like and she was a lady from the bronx and she followed me out and she's like sneezy i turn around and i say you're big white ass and i was like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so i was laughing i thought it was hysterical she thought it was hysterical like everybody else in our little area as soon as i like, got out and realized like nobody thought i did it on purpose they knew like obviously i was embarrassed but um everyone was laughing but then I remember the next day when I filled this out, I was in Magic Kingdom and, you know, there's the, the tunnels underneath that they always talk about are real. Um, so yeah. that's where I was set up because that day I was what was called a spare because of my like size. I could sort of fit into a couple different things. So you just kind of hang out there for a few hours. And if somebody calls in and they need you, they can pull you real quick. So they, I was sitting there and I think it was like an Annette or something. But I just remember like Danielle Lech come to <gasps> like the Magic oh or something. I forget what it's called, but I was like, oh my god, this is it. So I go to the office of the Magic Kingdom. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. This is amazing. Okay, so you're telling me. <laughs> let's paint this picture here. You're in the tunnels. You hear it now. Is the I imagine the announcement sound very magical, but I could be wrong. Like you want it to be like you know, like sprinkles, <laughs> like almost like uh, you know the xylophone like a Daniel <laughs> please come down to the but but what what was it or was it more like a principal what what was what was the sound was, I think it was more like a principal because I just remember being very much panicked so I think I just blacked out <laughs> oh my gosh so you also, hear this in the I tunnel think it went through the whole tunnel like that little room where where the spares are I think there's like a little intercom so that they could just announce Got it. Us. That would make sense. That would make I, sense. So it was just sort of like the lady that sat at the front desk. So go to the Magic Kingdom office. Now, and- what is in the Magic Kingdom office? <laughs> now, tell me, what is the door of the Magic Kingdom office? Like, it's so it- disappointing that I don't remember it better. Like, I, re- I remember walking in. I remember like a little woman sitting in her little rolly chair and turned around and I was so worried, but... As soon as she turned around, she burst out laughing because it was insane. <laughs> I don't like fully remember. Maybe it was like the entertainment office or something. Were the yeah. offices that decked out or were they very like clinical? No, I I don't want to say clinical, but like it was an office. It, 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 it was nothing special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I really, I do wish I like could picture it better because there are some things in my life that I could like recall as if it's yesterday but that which would be really cool to be able to remember magic kingdom (laughs) office I love that that's great well tell me this what are some let's dispel right now some of the myths let's like what do you think is the biggest myth that people have totally wrong about what's happening behind the scenes at Disney World uh people every single time you say you work there will ask oh well there's there are fans in the costume, right? What? Okay, that's that's crazy. I mean, is there anything? Yeah, yeah. Give me some out, some other stuff. Once upon a time, they had like tried some sort of cooling system, but it was so heavy and so much work to like take off and put back on that by the time I mean, you you do these sets in little short spurts, and you're 
out meeting guests and you come back in. And so the, that time that you have when you come back in, you can get out of costume and you can change like what you have underneath because it's drenched in sweat. And yeah. so it, it, it more like another apparatus on top of that just made life a lot more difficult. And Were people like, passing out all the time? I don't think so. I mean, certainly it would happen and, and there's protocol that like, so I say in my, in that report that I was trying to distress signal, so mm. you, you know, obviously there's no talking or anything. So to if your behind is out and you're distress signaling, <laughs> what does that look like is my question. A special sit, like <laughs> little sign that you have to give. And it was difficult to do with one hand, you know, you've got to use your hands for it. And the, the reason for it is like, yeah, if you feel faint or something, the one other time I had to use it, you have these like caps on to hold your hair back and the cap had come undone and fallen in front of my eyes. So like, oh, I just yeah. was completely disoriented and didn't know. And there were like kids around me and I didn't want to step on one of them. So that was the only other time I needed it. But yeah, it, it, I'm sure there's a number of cases passing out or whatever, but usually you could either get to them beforehand or help them off. God forbid they go down, there is a way of kind of getting around them so nobody's what's going on and just getting them off before anybody sees anything traumatic. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly, I, I'm disappointed when I hear this, Danny, and very, very disappointed at you because you've been holding out on the chaos and disruptions that you could have been doing in shows we've done together. Um, you've been saving your chaos and accidents for the man, like you've sold out a little bit What? by keeping it all for Disney, by, by having like a major glaring accident for Walt at Disney and not at a show. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now look, I don't need that exact thing. I'm just saying I want accident report worthy events from Danny Lecce on every show I do with you. Sure. I think. Well, be careful what you wish for, as I am the driver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Non-driving accidents. Yeah. Um, in interpersonal accidents is really what I'm interested in. I'm trying to think. I, I think it's a shock to everyone that there's not been... Danny yeah. Mishap? Well, you often... You know what's interesting about you is that you very much come across as someone that isn't afraid... I mean, you are a master self-deprecator. Um, now I, I'm like this too. I, I do it all the time, but you definitely tell me how, you know, you talk about like, I'm like, Oh, Danny, uh, we gotta, you know, uh, can you go do this thing da, 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 and you're like, I don't think I can. I'm going to mess it up. Like, Whoa, what? But you say it in a joking way. Like you think if something goes wrong, you're to blame. Um, you, <laughs> when you, when you, when you get into party mode, you talk about this demon version of yourself that comes out. That is like a different consciousness. Like there is an interesting aspect of you that is, uh, I mean, look, I wonder why you, uh, <laughs> where does this come from, Danny? Where oh. does this come from? No, I mean, you don't have to explain that, but you know, I, I, I'm wondering, like, do you find yourself, do you ever sit back and you're like, huh, I'm being too hard on myself today? Wow. <laughs> no. You genuinely believe you're messing things up as much as you are? Do you actually, when you say, be honest with me right now, if you tell me, Greg, if something messed up, it was probably me. Do you actually believe that? I mean, it's the times I say it, I believe it. It's it's circumstantial. I, I don't know that I could like 19 times, I, but I don't just say it to, to like fish or no, you didn't. That, but, oh yeah, that's pretty. So now I'm worried that I sounded like that. 
No, no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> no, you always do it in a comedically gratifying way, which I appreciate. Like, I wish more people understood that. Um, <laughs> like, if you're going to be annoying and bad at your job, like, at least have enough talent to present it comedically. Like, thank you, Danny. You're doing a great job at that. Um, <laughs> also, for the record, I want to say that I don't think you screw things up at all. Okay, um, okay. I don't. <laughs> like, I'm annoying and bad at my job, but present it funny. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think that's really even I, that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's like that's what I'm saying I'm just making you look terrible right now <laughs> this is this is hard but it's so not true I mean you have done some of I tell you all the time like you you always bring a very bizarre twist to these archetypal characters that were thrown into in our job. I mean, uh, just to give some context to everybody out there, you know, Danny and I perform at these interactive entertainment shows that are like live or the clue where you have like an archetypal, like a singer songstress from the 1920s uh, in a mob show or, you know, a Hollywood starlet from the 30s Hollywood. And, you know, you always some, I appreciate people that, that work with us that bring just something creative and different outside of the script just to, I don't know, it almost seems like you do it to keep yourself entertained, which... Yeah. I think makes it more entertaining for the audience ultimately. Um, I don't know if you put that much thought into such things. I'm obviously like overanalyzing every single thing you and everyone does. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you, do you like when you get a murder mystery script uh, or, or when you get a script in general, like how conscious of you are you of that process of trying to make it different than other performances? Anything, for, not that I've done a, a whole lot that I can be referring back to my extensive resume. <laughs> right, right, but, right. But um, for me, I, I think even in like college and, and stuff, everything is very character first and character driven, which is what murder mystery is all about because it is just character. There's not little error lines, but you know, not a lot. Um, it's sort of what, you do. so that is just like fun for me. So yeah, you, you're right that it, it's, it's more for me. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that like kind of the secret? I think a lot of actors don't get that. I, and I think a lot of comedians don't even, even in the improv world, like mm -hmm. if you can amuse yourself, mm -hmm. chances are it's going to be better than what you're trying to do to get them to laugh. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's more organic. It's more real. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. I, <laughs> I, I, but no, I, it's so to, to circle back, I think Danny, you are not messing up. You are, we all make mis, I make mistakes in this company. I don't think you're the massive screw up. <laughs> uh, I, I do think this pants falling down thing is pretty hilarious. I mean, is that the, <laughs> Was that the most, like, that? I mean, that's an outrageous story from you. Did you see anything that would have warranted accident reports that were even crazier than that in your time there that somebody else did? That I saw, no. I'm trying to think. Like, there's always bizarre stories that circulate, but I honestly can't remember, which may be... The, the cool thing about Disney and especially entertainment is like before I went down there, I, I, I was sort of afraid like, well, and now if I work there, am I like not going to enjoy it the same? Am I going to ruin the magic? Yeah. Myself? But it was completely the opposite. It was like more magical to see behind the scenes. And so I don't know if I just like blocked anything out that could have been non-magical so that I could yeah. see this like blissful outlook on Disney World. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's, there's no, no. What's an did. example of that? What's something that uh, didn't disillusion you that was more magical than you even realized? Well, the character interactions, honestly, I was like, you know, once you're on the other side and meet some of the people that are also doing it, it's like, am I ever going to hug a character the same again? Like, is this kind of weird? But yeah. while I was there, if I, I mean, I would spend my free time back in the parks and um, I would like go see Mickey Mouse and still kind of lose my mind a little bit, which sounds very intense, childish. No, time, no. The, the articulated Mickey would, would talk to you. And it was, it blew my mind every single time. So that was good. Even though I knew, like I, I, I got it. I knew what everybody was doing, but it was, it was magic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there is something to be, to be able to surrender yourself to that. But I do wonder, you know, I've seen grown men. I wonder if you've encountered these people. Uh, and, And I'm just thinking of a specific man. Like I saw a grown man. He must have been in his 40s, looked like he probably didn't get out a lot, sat at a computer all day, slightly, you know, pudgy glasses. I, if I recall, he, <laughs> where's the story going? <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> um, he always looked like he had a safari hat on, but he had this, he had this backpack with like all these Walt Disney World stickers all over in these pins. And it almost made me go, whoa. It made me question myself because I'm like, I know fans come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, races, genders, what have you. But like, who is this guy in Disney? Does he run up to Mickey Mouse? Like, what is his appreciation? Who are these people? Is there some sort of like off-branded Disney fan that's not just a smiling kid you see in the ads? Like these grown people, who are they? And do you talk with them frequently? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> I I, mean, th- I feel like you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, you know, there recently, well, a couple months ago, was the whole push of, like, the childless millennial going to Disney and how, like, no, it's not just for little babies. And so that's certainly one group. Um, I, I, you painted a good picture. I can, I can see Yeah, yeah you see this guy. You've seen this guy before. Sorry, hat. Um, yeah, it just, like, means something different to everybody and, and all that. And there's also... Do they it, creep you out? When they go to the park? Uh, like if this grown man's about to hug you? I don't think. Or do you no. find the love? Do you find the I, love there? You see through it. Because I like that. I, I mean, I'm a childless millennial and I think I will be forever and ever and ever a childless male. So oh, I well, that's a whole nother podcast. Episode. <laughs> but. But, but like I, that is what I, I want to be like, feel comfortable going to Disney as that and it shouldn't be for something or for someone it's it's for everybody so wait very briefly you're telling me you wouldn't ha- want to bring a kid that you've brought into the world to disney i wouldn't want to bring a kid into the world <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to bring a kid into the disney world what if you were at disney you were at cinderella's castle and all of a sudden like you, maybe you didn't even have the process like all of a sudden you know cinderella was like i give you a child and you had a kid right there on the spot i would throw myself into the seven seas lagoon <laughs> would you yeah. <laughs> you couldn't bear to see your inheritance just manifested as this little this little danny in the yeah, world no 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 <laughs> what Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is this is so interesting. Definitely heard this. 
I maybe, but maybe not. I don't know if I specifically understood how much you don't want to give another version of yourself the pleasure that you yourself enjoyed. I mean, it's kind of the ultimate selfish act in a way, but at the same time, it's not because you're like, I don't want to do that to a kid. Like there's a part of you that's like, I don't want the responsibility of bringing a kid into the world, which in a world, in a way is the most selfless thing you could do. Um, how do you reconcile that? Do you care at all? No, I have no thought behind it except for just like, no thanks, not for me. Um. <laughs> do you really know that? Is that, is that you being... I mean, I honestly, I've, <laughs> I'm going to share this. Like, I don't know right now, being a 31 year old male, if I, oh gosh, let me, let me reveal this to the world. I, I have strongly been against bringing kids into the world for a long time. <laughs> and now that I'm here, I don't see a disadvantage to it, but <laughs> I'm not 100% like ready either. Okay. So I, yeah, and I wonder, is that just where you are? No. When did that come up? Forever. Or is that, and again, you don't, this, this could be a very, this is a heavy conversation, but I'm curious, like, is that just something you know? Or yeah, I don't think it does have to be a heavy conversation. But the thing is, like, people, oh, you're wrong for that or whatever, or no, it doesn't have to and be I, Yeah, I don't think you are. It's just a, I don't know, matter of preference or something. I mean, even, I just don't have that, like, part of me I don't have that I don't know gene or instinct or or that just like is missing from me because I have no I mean I, I worked at Disney obviously I, I like kids I'm good with kids I'm just an overgrown kid myself but I like even when I was little and we would play house I'd be like I will not play the mom don't even do that wow it goes I'd back be then the bird yeah <laughs> I'd be the pet so <laughs> wow yeah that's so interesting. I, and it makes me like wonder like, oh, what if you had a sibling, you know, or what if you or had siblings? Like, would you think differently? I don't know. I mean, well, there's no way to ever know that. Right. Um, I have two little sisters and I definitely loved being around when uh, we were all getting raised. Like I, I could I could see that for myself. Like I like that process. But it doesn't necessarily mean like I feel the impetus to be like, I'm going to put something some new Greg out into the world, man. Like, dude, I'm putting out these podcasts. Okay. These are, you are, you, you know what you're, <laughs> I, if I, yeah, you are non, uh, you are non-sexually helping give birth to one of my children now, but not really because I'm still, it's still going through me. So don't, worry. um, <laughs> this is all kinds of weird. Now look, I, <laughs> Is this like, <laughs> I knew this conversation was going to get, you know, I thought maybe I could keep it together with you, but I also kind of knew this would go off the rails. This is by far the most off the rails conversation so far, and it's not even that crazy. For sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> like, I had somebody else on, I'm talking about, like, the state of actors in New York City. Uh, <laughs> I did an interview with Conrad, and he was, you know, we were talking about, like, conscious awakening. And then right now I'm talking about, like, you not having kids, me giving birth. Uh <laughs> Like, this is, I mean, this is a little wacky, but it's, oh. one of, you know, let's get into Norway. Let's just, you know, we're, we're probably about like, yeah, there's a little time left. What's going on with you in Norway? Explain it to the world, please. Norway. It, it doesn't really have an explanation that makes sense to anyone. And the further away from it I get, the less sense it makes to me too. It was just like a strange, I don't even know how to explain it. So I, I guess 
It's synchronicities. You have a lot of, the word is synchronicity when something happens yeah, that yeah. seems like it's beyond coincidence, like multiple things show up in your life. Um, it's like it's some sort of synchronicity, divine, you don't know where it's coming. Yeah. Uh, now, what is, what is your specific version? Well, so the tie-in to Norway is that when I was in, in college, it, it sounds super pretentious and intellectual, and it is so not, because I no, just- No, I love this, I love this. Um, but we, I, I, it was a class on Ibsen, and we were reading collected works of Ibsen's and somehow it, it came up that like he studied this religion, Norwegian religion, and he was Norwegian. So he, he yeah. studied Swedenborgianism. <laughs> I, I just don't, could not tell you what about this, like just locked me in and I was like, that's the, I don't know. That's it. Um, there was something to do with, but also this, well, I remember learning about it and the story about him actually studying sort of coincided with like his descent into madness. And so Whoa. like, I don't know how much is him is like spirituality and how much is like a hallucination, but he, oh, maybe it's a little bit of both, but <laughs> right. I, that, that's sort of what like locked me into it. And then, and the Wait, idea, he descended was, into madness, Ibsen. I didn't oh, know that. I might be, I might be but, no, that's good. That, I want to know about that, I think. But it also might have been syphilis, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think syphilis and madness are a similar... <laughs> Doesn't one cause the... Or syphilis causes madness? There, there's there's a correlation. Oh, man, I'm learning a lot. Somebody this is else, great. Somebody else who that had happened. Um, but anyway, yeah. So there was something I remember my professor saying about how, like, this, what he was learning in his religion, as well as, like, his own mental state sort of created this idea of that, like, there's a, a portal to, like, another world, and, and either you're open to it or you're not, and it's not a matter of, like, it's not your belief system, it's just sort of, like, your awareness or maybe lack of awareness, I don't even know, and something about that, I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's it, I've got ghosts around me, um, Whoa. and I think that's what I have to, I know I have the book, I have ghosts, I mean, or the play, I have to go back and, and read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I have like built this up and turned it into something completely different in my head than it was that I actually learned. So <laughs> don't expect you're getting true knowledge. You're definitely not. You're getting the Danny version, which was no, like, this is great. which was like a 9am class after two days of not sleeping. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it has its own twist. Yeah, yeah. So then what started happening? What 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 are some um, things that have happened? It wasn't even that things had started happening. It was like I I think I locked into it because I always felt like, yeah, I always thought I was like connected to some other world. <laughs> really? Yeah. And does that go back to playing house too? Like were you like, I'm the pet and let's have a seance? Because you're like, whoa. <laughs> when I was little, I there was, you know, those like metal launching pads that used to be in playgrounds that like yes okay so i was at summer camp it was just like day camp in my town and i and it was windy and i remember like standing there and the thing moving and i they're <gasps> not here you can't see them but <laughs> you would think i'd be like a lot more goth not a crazy perky disney girl but yeah i would wow. i would tell that like my my ghost friends they were pushing now me. wait did you when when you said that do you remember actually feeling that they were from a spiritual realm. Yes. I always, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so wild. Now, okay. And, and I want to know, I mean, did this, have you had any other experiences that you would classify as, uh, you know, what we hear about on these ghost type of shows? Um, 
I don't want to say boost because it wasn't like a particular person or you've never been haunted. <laughs> no, <laughs> I um, maybe I don't, but again, I don't know what the demon does. Who drinks too much because the de- she may have been. Now, wait but... a minute. <laughs> Where did the demon think? This is okay. You're, you're, you're opening a lot of here, different categories. Um, so wait, you haven't, before we get into the demon for a second, let me close this loop for everybody. You, um, you ha- so you haven't had like formal hauntings per se, but you've always sort of you've just had feelings that you're connected to another realm. Is that sort of yeah? And synchronicity is exactly is exactly it. Because I, did you read the artist way? Is that where that word? Just- um, it didn't come from there. I mean, it is one of the words that I probably picked up from there unconsciously. But because okay. I I have tried so many times to to read that, and I was somewhat. And when that came up, like synchronicity and things just sort of falling into place, and mm-hmm. exactly what you explained, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I've been calling Norwegian because I don't know. Yeah, you've told me a lot of stories about random coincidences that yeah. just seem completely yeah. out of, and you know, it's even crazy. I mean, like even down to, so you once told me that you had a friend in college. Was this the friend that could see colors? That uh, like synesthetic or this- synesthesia? I don't know if that's the word <laughs> synesthetic. Um, it, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, she, it wasn't that it was that she could like out of her own really consciousness, she would just sort of ran, she would assign an uh, even or odd number to people. And it oh, wasn't okay. like, something she had to think about. It was just something that would come to her. And one day she was like staring at me. What's going on? She was like, you are the first person in my life I've ever encountered that I've not immediately been able to assign even or odd to and she said there's there's really no rhyme or reason she can't say like all evens or it's not like a i don't know evens are quirky and odds are are intellectual or something like that you know it's it was just very random but she would always immediately know which i think that's kind of um yeah she never she never found one Yo, you know what it is it's so i'm mixing the story up so our so olivia who works with us in Murder Mystery. Uh-huh. Um, we did that show together and she saw people as colors. She she has synesthesia. So she saw that people have colors. And I was like, hey, Danny over here. <laughs> <laughs> like she she has a hard time being assigned things. People look at her, they're not sure what to do with her. Can you come <laughs> up with a color for her? Because she had like colors for everybody. Yeah. And by the end of the show, it was like we never we still didn't get the color. Like, coincidentally, things had worked out that, like, she never assigned you a color. None of us brought it up again. Like, I still don't know what your color would be. And I'm not even sure we're going to be in a position where we're all together in a room ever again. Like, that kind of mystery lingers. Like, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not the same level of impact, but it's still, like, you know, she looked at us and could name a color instantly. But, like, she's like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And just like, oh, of course we're never going to know. Well, that's the thing with this synchronicity is it's never something like beneficial or that I could like. (laughs) Right. It's not like, oh, I I wanted to write a story and I then had a wonderful dream one night and it became the story. No, it's like my best, one of my most recent ones was, sure, I told you, when I was uh, with Case and Allison doing Thank You for Your Cervix, we, um, that was our sketch group. Yes. Um, We were going into the pit loft about to do a show 
And out of the clear blue, I was like, I smell a Danish. I don't, I smelled it. Nobody else smelled it. They were like, okay, just another weird thing you've said, but sure, whatever. <laughs> right. Locked it, put it behind us. But like, I said it out loud. People remember me. So then we, we set up, we do the show. At least two hours probably have passed. Show's over. We leave. We go to the bar. We're hanging out there for a while. And then we, we the three of us leave together and we're walking to Port Authority. And like four blocks away in the middle of the sidewalk where nary a Danish should be is a Danish just laying in the middle of the sidewalk. We weren't like walking past a bakery. It was just a Danish in the middle of the sidewalk. So, oh my gosh, I can smell the future. But again, that's not crazy. A power. <laughs> that's not a power that I could harness for anything. Right, right. Well, you know, you say that. I mean, uh, you know what? You should check out. And I haven't uh, done an episode where usually they're, they're the non-interview episodes of this. I like to talk about sort of like weird intellectual curiosities. Um, but one of them, and I haven't done one on this yet, though, I heard about is this thing called Randonauts. I think you'd be intrigued by this. There are a group of people out there that believe that there are synchronicities that you can actively pursue if you use a quantum number generator to dictate like a random sequence of uh, locations where you should go that are off the grid. But based on this random number generator, I think it's like a quantum number generator, they said, it, it basically... Uh, breaks down these locations based on like high probabilistic outcome that uh, are, I'm not even sure how they calculate it, but it's like there's energy that's stronger in this area versus this other area. So what these randonauts do is they, there's an app, it's called Randonautica, I downloaded it, um, and it directs you on a path based on this quantum number system so that you can have a complete and the idea being it can be a completely different parallel universe that you're engaging with because you decided to go off in this different direction like it's like jumping quantum dimension it's like jumping dimension through quantum probabilities and <laughs> pretty weird right but what's cool about that is one of the things that i heard this guy talking about uh this guy nick hinton is his name i'll link to that uh nick hinton he uh he, he's sort of like one of the big proponents of this he's like what's cool is you can have an intention and do this rando nodding and often something will come as a result of it things will show up um, there's a there, there's a lot of talk about like owls showing up on people's paths because owls are supposedly tied to UFOs and, and okay then this is weird. Yesterday I walked outside of my house and there were two little baby owls up on the on the what? phone thingy right outside of my house and I looked at them and I was like I have I've heard owls but I have never actually seen them and they were two little babies right next to each other and I was staring at them. Yeah, <laughs> it just happened yesterday. What? See that? Look, another useless. But interesting synchronicity. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing that you get there. Um, you know, before we wrap up, I briefly want to touch on the... All right. <laughs> well, we didn't get into every... Keep talking to you, chat with you. Yeah, um, yeah. Many more questions about well, the way it is a part of the culture. Um, but this demon, what's the origin of the demon? Did you come up with it? Did somebody in college say, like, Danny, when you are in this other mode, you are, like, what is the significance of that? Where did it come I, from? I think I came up with it. But again, the demon holds a lot of memories that I don't. So maybe I said it, nobody else did, and it stuck, and then I heard about it later. But yeah, I don't would know. You, would an exorcist ever 
be necessary <laughs> for you? <laughs> oh God, amongst many things. Um, I, I, I don't, well, first of all, the demon has not really been out in a while. So at least to the extent that she used to appear. Um, <laughs> okay. And this is, yeah. by the way, folks, we are talking about Danny here. We're talking about you. Like yeah, the demon right. isn't like another entity that's manifested, though I guess it could be that. Um, but it is in your body. Like the form of the demon is still Danny Lecce. She's there. She's Danny Lecce just add alcohol. And... <laughs> well, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So real, real quick cliff notes of it. I was such a goody two-shoes, like high school, never touched a drop of alcohol, never did any. I was very, very boring. Not a good teenager. I'm very good at being a teenager now, but I was not then. <laughs> okay. I, I really didn't drink until college. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll try and be cool here. And like, right, so, right. But again, I was in like a theater department where it was, everyone was just supportive in all the time, um, more or less. So then I would go to these theater parties and like, you'd play your drinking games and I'm very competitive. And so I'd be playing the games, but like really not getting drunk. And people were like, what, what's going on? Like, you just aren't being affected by this. People would team up against me in these drinking games and I could hold it like no other. I could drink anyone under the table. I was very proud of this. Wow. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, somebody flipped a switch, something changed, but I still, I, like, I didn't have the awareness that I was somebody who suddenly would, like, get drunk. So I would, I, I didn't change my behaviors at all. I didn't change the way I used to drink. I just, at some point, the demon would step in and take over. And what? so, and I didn't know. And so then the next day, it would be like, you know, you said this, you did this, or I, I would just not remember things. And it's certainly it's awful. It sounds like alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. And it just really, again, the the crux of it is that I I didn't change anything in the amount I was drinking or or anything like that. It was just like overnight my body chemistry changed, and so that's when the demon uh, first appeared. I think it was like my senior year, maybe junior year, junior year probably of college that she first appeared, and then she would she would show up a little bit more and more, and. Uh, <laughs> just just make her presence known oh my I, gosh definitely met her once she was not well she she falls asleep a lot she's she'll sing some songs that don't make sense. <laughs> she'll text um things that don't make sense uh what else did you know it, again it's it's been a while she didn't put to bed <laughs> wow wow well look where can we next see the demon <laughs> <laughs> that's a I, I could plug you but i'm more interested i think the audience <laughs> wants the demon danny um no in all seriousness look i you do you do you have a i'm sure you have like a performer website right uh yeah i do i don't know if you want to promote yourself at all dannylecce.com <laughs> oh com. yes we will put that in the show notes uh as well as i don't know your instagram is always very entertaining uh, what is that little, you play this little instrument. Melodic. Yes, yes. You'll see her play that. You'll see her imitate Liza Minnelli. Yeah, we didn't even get into your Liza Minnelli obsession. Um, just just all kinds of interesting stuff. You're always putting stuff out there. So, uh, you know, we'll link that. Very talented comedian, actress, performer, Zumba instructor, Danny Lecce. Are there any final words that you have at this time? before we let you go um so you know everyone be safe behave yourselves yes 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 very good good message all right danny thank you so much for your time today thank love you. to have you on again you're fantastic i will talk to you soon talk to you soon
So those of you listening out there, what do you think? Is she even or is she odd? I'll tell you what, I didn't introduce this episode. That was pretty weird. I didn't even give an intro, no context. I just threw you into a conversation. That's kind of my experience with this girl. She is, I mean, Danny Lecce is a weird woman in the best, best way possible. Such a talented comedian, uh, a great friend, and I, I really just enjoy chatting with her because it never stays on the same playing field. It's always strange. I wanted you to tap into that world today. I hope you were able to. I hope you were able to enjoy it. You know what's also strange? Showing cartoon mice to kids. Like, we don't like these rodents. These aren't nice creatures, and yet they're magical and they're child-friendly. And an entire empire was built off of it. And it's the greatest place in the world. Sure. Crying children. I don't care. I'm a smiling adult. And I smiled back then, too. Thank you all. Keep smiling. Smile. DannyLecce.com This is Open Loops. Like. Subscribe. But don't subscribe to Disney Plus because Hamilton's over. You know the drill. Leave a review. Danny's an amazing guest. www.dannylecce.com Thanks all for listening. Talk soon. Ha ha! Gorge.